Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Kath. Miss Whirlwind. I was at your book launch, and it was very fun. Packed, packed, yeah, packed. Yeah, there were tons of people there. Yeah, you did a great job with the reading. Did you think so? Mm-hmm. Did you was sell it? a lot of books? Watch this. Kathy's awesome. standing up. She's reaching up into her secret stash. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a big pile of money. Look at 50s. 50s. And I got rid of some hundreds. Wow. Look at all that is very impressive when you see it in cold hard cash like that. I know. There's a lot. What is it? About three inches? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good for you. I know. I like all this, but then I, I just like to keep it up there and look at it. <laughs> <laughs> roll, throw it on the floor and roll around it. Yeah. 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 I sort of feel like Nucky Thompson on um, Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> we'll leave it here. We can gamble later. All right. All right. <laughs> You're first. I am first. I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, because we've been working on an episode, a uh, special spark about this, kind of the future of work. And one of the things that we've touched on a few What's times... What's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's the thing, right? We're all going to be saying that in a few years. Um, and one of the things that has come up is um, artificial intelligence and how much of our work is starting to be able to be done by artificial intelligence. And there was an article in New Scientist that was talking about the use of AI in legal decisions, especially legal decisions that involve the crunching of lots and lots of numbers. It's this German company that makes decisions about child benefit claims for for the government. And then another one was um, in Finland, they have this tool called Trademark Now that actually looks for similarities with trademarks that are already in existence. It's a legal function, but it's the kind of thing that plays to the strengths of an artificial intelligence program because it's just like whacking through tons of information. But there's just so many examples all the time of ways in which AI is replacing people's jobs, replacing journalists' jobs, replacing all kinds Mm -hmm. of jobs, right? Well, I don't think that computers, I don't think AI can do journalists' jobs. Like, all you have to do is look at the newspapers now. Do you think? You mean like the investigative stuff? Yeah, or just, okay, well, what about reviews? Well, this is the question that that I have to you is like, what are the things that actual humans are good at doing? Like, obviously, things that have to do with taste and opinion. But anything, it seems to me, that's kind of -of run-of-the-mill, right? Like, the kind of journalism that's done by artificial intelligence programs is things like sports stories, where it's not, like, colorful sports analysis. It's just basically, you know, the Red Sox won this amount over the... Dodgers or some other baseball team or whatever, right? Like it's sort of it's workmanlike, but it's it's kind of freaky. Well, one thing that I've noticed that I did not believe now, because I've learned this firsthand, having say a thousand or maybe fifteen hundred, two thousand likes on Facebook mm-hmm. is more valuable to me to sell a book than a review in mm-hmm. the New York Times. I think like book reviews as influential, I think Lots of people still read them, but I don't think they sell a lot of books or movies for that matter. Yeah, it's all about like when did this shift that we would trust the opinions of our friends over a respected journalist, somebody who really knows what they're talking about, like an A.O. Scott, say, Mm -hmm. for a film. Or is it just that there's been such an overall decline in, let's say, the last 10 years in reviews you know, and in reviewers because they've been scaled back so mm. phenomenally is that you just don't trust them anymore because you don't get anything with any meat. Mm. 
the bloggers may go or the people may go to traditional media to see if there's a little stamp of approval on it somewhere, mm -hmm. but honey, it ain't going to make me no money. But when you look at the Feels things that are being replaced by artificial intelligence, it's kind of a self-perpetuating cycle because in journalism, the more money gets starved from it, the less investigative journalism gets done. Therefore, the less there is that's distinctive from what an AI program would write or whatever, right? Like, I'm not going to get depressed about it or bitch about it, because that doesn't, I've been doing that long enough. <laughs> I haven't done anything. But just to get back to this original question, like, what yeah. are the things that humans can do that computers absolutely can't do? Well, I think we have to be really, really careful with matters of law. That was the one thing that kind of scared me a little bit about this. The governments don't have much money anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, there could be a lot of different things, like, you know, like parking tickets um, rather than having night court, you know, they're going to be a computer that yeah. makes that decision. And there's an awful lot of gray areas that computers are not equipped to deal with. And I don't know that they ever will be. Yeah, but they've been making incredible gains, you know, taste, maybe yeah. art, but computers write music. Good music? Yeah, some of it's quite beautiful. Mm. Anyway, one more word. Terminator. Terminator. <laughs> or possibly Skynet. Yeah. You're next. Yes, I have another treehouse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always talking about things that are dangling out of trees. Yes, yes. Well, this is something actually that they are doing um, that I picked up out of Gizmag, mm -hmm. Biodiversity Nest Treehouse. Uh -huh. And it's something that they're doing in Cornwall. And what they want to do is, is they want to really bring awareness of what uh, the rainforest looks like, what that whole scenario is like, mm -hmm. into Cornwall. Oh. So, yeah. So they're using old clay mine areas, and they're actually recreating the same, the exact same biodiversity landscape for travelers to go through. So it's almost like a, a brand new um, kind of, of a museum. Tourism. Or yeah, well, museum. yeah, it is. It is tourism. But I think it's kind of interesting because it really, it shows us, and it shows people, like, to think of that, to think of being able to go to, you know, to a rainforest in Cornwall. You've been up there. That's pretty wild. And so part of it is that you stay in this little treehouse that's in this artificially created well, rainforest? Yeah, you yeah. can. That's part of it is you can stay there. But the other part of it is, is that you can actually travel through this thing. It's almost kind of like, you know how um, in Dubai they yeah. have that great big huge mountain where you can go skiing? Yeah. It's yeah. almost like that sort of flipped on its head, only rather than a ridiculous waste of money. It's a marvelous way to show young people and older people what the rainforest is, how it operates, why it's important, mm. and all of the different elements. Mm -hmm. Well, when you think about how so many of us are so disconnected that we don't even really have any understanding like how plants grow or where our you know, meat is raised, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it does make a certain amount of sense. The thing that really struck me about you doing that was Ever since you developed this obsession with cocoons and nests, I've started to see them everywhere. Like, the, yeah. it's really a big thing. And I, I've seen a few <laughs> ones lately with um, ones that are built with sort of like mirrors on the outside, so it reflects everything that's happening yes. around it. Yeah. But yeah, it is definitely a thing. And it made me wonder, like, what is fueling that? It's really weird. I know. Anxiety? <laughs> For you and I, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing the new. The desire to fly? I don't, I don't know, know, but it, it is neat, though, because, like, how many people in 
England can afford to go to the rainforest and experience that. So it does, like, would you go if there was one, a biodiversity nest? You'd go for the nest. I would go for the nest, yeah. Go for the nest, stay for the rainforest. I have one last quick thing to mention. You know, I'm obsessed with data and data activism and, you know, taking control of our data and stuff. But there's just this interesting project that a bunch of TED fellows and uh, Intel's R&D wing have Mm -hmm. started. It's called wethedata.org. I thought it was partly interesting that Intel was involved with it too. But the premise here is it's essentially just a platform for people to get engaged with thinking about how we can democratize access to data and what kinds of things we can do with data so Mm -hmm. it's not locked up in these little silos of gigantic transnational corporations. That's all. I have nothing more to say about it. The whole idea of data, it's almost like water. Just when Mm. I was reading this, it it just made me think, what are we going to do with this? We're creating these huge like rivers of data. Mm, mm-hmm. And I wonder if they're what they could be harnessed for other than, you know, nefarious things. Yeah, and actually I'd be interested to hear what anybody else thinks out there. What is the power of data? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like really interesting work being done like at the research level at MIT and stuff and how like one of the things I think is really, really interesting is the amount of work that's been done not with smartphone data but with regular old feature phones in the developing world. Like they did incredible crisis mapping in um, Haiti after the earthquake there where they were tracking where people, where cholera was going and they were able to actually do predictive modeling of where it was going and do it in these incredibly short turnaround times because they had access to anonymous cell phone data of where people were, right? Like that that kind of thing I think is really, really exciting. And I think Part, like implicit in this idea of something like we the data is the fact that like well why should it just be used for like, Walmart or, or yeah. not even nefarious but just for sell yeah, people or, more or advertising crap, right yeah, yeah exactly because it just it just sort of hit me when I read this because I liked it I thought what can we do with this because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know like who ever thought of creating electricity out of water yeah 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 it's an interesting you know, analogy it's like who thought of creating energy out of wind mm-hmm. and how was it done. Deep thoughts today by (laughs) Kathleen Elizabeth Bond. (laughs) All right, doll, see you next time. Yes, come to the blog. For links to these stories and more, .net. Bye. Bye.